Hi, and welcome to the Natural Mama podcast. My name's Spectalia, I'm a qualified naturopath, and I'm your host. On this episode of the Natural Mama podcast, we'll be speaking to Manuela from the MSL clinic on strategies to help with remote learning. Welcome to the Natural Mama podcast. I'm here today with Manuela. Manuela uh, is a former teacher who has moved on to um, working one-on-one with students with reading difficulties. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Manuela. It's a pleasure. Thanks for asking. So tell me a little bit more about what you do and how you've ended up doing what you're doing. Okay, well, um, I started off as a primary school teacher um, in my early days and I really enjoyed that. And then I had my own children, so I took a break from that. And while I was on that break, I thought I'll learn more about my craft and got really interested in how to help kids who struggle with reading because it was always an area where I thought it wasn't covered enough in the classroom. Well, kids who really struggle, you know, there were always those ones that you could kind of get over the line, but there were those that just really, really uh, wouldn't budge no matter what you did. And I became particularly interested in that. So I went on to study more about that and got a little bit hooked, deviated from my classroom path and started working one-on-one with those kids, which led me down the neuroscience rabbit hole. So I became very interested in what what happens to our brains when we... um, acquire literacy skills and so I did a bit of study there at um, Melbourne Uni and just yeah really became involved in that kind of business helping kids with these difficulties. Wow that's really really interesting so you've got a you know quite a bit of uh, science-y background or more than I would definitely when it comes to how we learn how to read and our literacy skills. Yes I'm a I'm a read what's it a reading nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. There's no better nerd to be. (laughs) And so I suppose now at the moment, we've got a lot of parents being faced with remote guiding their children with remote schooling and, you know, being a bit more involved in uh, schooling from home at the moment. Do you have any sort of insights or things that might um, help with the transition to remote learning or to help our students get the most out of or our kids get the most out of their schooling while they're at home? Um, Yeah, I think, I actually think it's been a great opportunity for many. I know it's a little bit scary because you're suddenly stuck in a realm that, you know, you're not really prepared for in many instances. But I kind of, as someone who works a lot with children who struggle and whose parents often get involved because of that struggle, I just found that it's been a really good opportunity for parents to learn more about how their kids are going. Seems to be creating a lot more connection between the classroom and home and while it's not always ideal because we're busy and we're trying to get things done, it's, it's sort of created a new um, link, I think, that was missing sometimes at school. So, you know, I'm really one who goes, when your child's learning to read, it's sort of a, it's the teacher's job to teach them, but then they come home and they practice with parents and parents often don't really know how to support that in the best way. You know, I've, I've been really trying to help people along and going this is actually a good thing you're you're learning lots about learning here obviously when you're trying to do your own job it's not always easy so so there's definitely a few things that you can do to try and um, help make life easy for you and for your kids 
I wrote myself a bit of a list if you want me to just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just go with it. Because I certainly know that um, with my son, like I had, and I've learned, I think, just about as much as he has uh, <laughs> since bringing schoolwork home. Like I now know syllables have two parts and wasn't aware of that before. So, and there's a few others like that. So, yeah, go ahead, go through the list of what you've got that might help um, parents in, in this scenario. No, so there is, look, there's a big difference between homeschool and virtual school, which is a start. You know, people who are homeschooling all the time really have to prepare the lessons, which is not exactly what we're doing at the moment with this. We really should have lessons presented for us. So that's one less thing to have to worry about. And I think it really depends on the age of your child. So if your child's in grade three or above, they should actually have quite a lot of independence in doing the tasks. Um, so a quick check of what they need to do and a chat about their understanding is usually enough to get them going and then give them the space to get get their work done. You know, help is not the same as hovering. <laughs> Some kids <laughs> just need a bit of space to go, okay, give me the opportunity to do the task and then touch base with them. So we don't actually have to sit next to them for all of that time unless, you know, there's some other reason why you need to do that. So that's one. Take a step back and just watch, I think, is, you know, the first tip that I would give to people and actually see how's your child handling this transition because that in itself is a learning for them. Oh, Um, absolutely. It's a big change, not just for us, but also for them, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, they're learning how to use technology. They use learning how to be a bit more independent without having a watchful eye the whole time. So that's not the worst thing, especially as the kids are older. Obviously, if you've got younger kids that are under grade three, it's much more intense. And it is a lot more like homeschool because you obviously have to to monitor that they using things safely, doing, you know, doing what they're meant to be doing, not painting the cat or whatever. (laughs) 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 So they're obviously going to need more support, but they also need a lot more breaks when they're younger, you know. So I would say try not to be intense, try not to do everything first thing in the morning um, because those little kids need short, sharp times of learning and then they need a story or, you know, to just be creative and just zone out a little bit. So that would be sort of, I suppose you divide into two, like my son's in high school. I'm not really helping him unless he's really stuck. Yeah. And, you know, my daughter's a little bit more, she needs a little bit more support. She's a little bit younger. So, and then definitely pick your battles. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) always a good one. (laughs) Remember, nobody learns well when they're stressed. It's almost impossible to learn when you're under stress. So if, if you see your child freaking out about something, it's okay to take a break and, and give them the space to calm down before you attempt it or, or encourage them to try doing something a different way, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also remember that learning doesn't only occur on paper or on a computer. Um, so, you know, I really try and praise the effort and, and if you see them struggling with 20 maths equations written down and, and then you, you can see they just haven't got it at all and you pull it down to let's, you know, let's get some things out that we can really manipulate and look at how does this actually work or what does this actually mean? And then you see that light come on where they've maybe only gotten three correct, but they've actually understood it. That's mm. okay. You know, it's not all about outcome. Um, and then you can come back to that task another day and see if they could approach it with more knowledge or more understanding behind them, which is another um, thing. You know, we get really caught up in, they have to complete this, 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 and that. 
But if they're not really fully deeply understanding it, you've got to ask yourself, what's the value of the task? Yes. Um, yeah. And, and remember that even classroom teachers delay or change lessons. I cannot tell you the number of times I've planned this beautiful lesson, walked into the grade in front of me, seen that it's not working and, and thrown it out. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly, you know, and then sometimes the best lessons have come from the spin-off that's happened as a result of that. So, um, you know, kids learn best when they're engaged and kids learn best when everybody's having a bit of fun. So that's... Yeah consider as well very true and that's a really good point actually I think you know we're all sort of um so set you know you get your list of things that you need to get through and you're sort of just trying to work through it and that we forget that sometimes that might not be the best way to go about it or another day that might go down better you know maybe don't be so beholden to the list that's it and even look in any classroom I mean you've got 20 odd children you're never going to meet anyone's needs 100% at every moment so there's always a bit of give and take and we eventually get around to everybody <laughs> and so no home is no different really and even for your own self if you're having a bad day and you can't deal with maths today that's okay <laughs> <laughs> give yourself permission and to not have to do it <laughs> that's it if you're doing it every day, then it becomes a problem. So, you know, there's a bit of balance. <laughs> Absolutely. A bit of balance there. Um, yeah. Try and link the learning to life as well, you know. So maths and cooking or if they're really interested in planning a business or whatever, however your child's mind works, um, if you can link it a little bit to something that they're interested in, they're usually a lot happier to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a little bit more helpful. And, and one of the, the things that I think is great is to just really model success. And I mean that for a day's work. Like you can say, I expect you to work until 10 and then we'll have a break. Or, you know, this is the, the outcome that I'd like to see at the end of this session. You can show me so that they sort of know what's expected and they're not, you know, you get some kids that'll work for hours on the same task and they go over the top. And then some kids that'll give you not enough. So if you kind of give them an idea of what you're looking for, or expect, then you're more likely to get a sort of a the result that you are after for them. And I suppose those regular breaks are really important for kids to sort of integrate the knowledge that they've come across as well. Absolutely. And also just, you know, if you if you link it to life as well and just I don't know, an example, my my kids were learning the times tables and I didn't sit down and just drill them every day. <laughs> we would mm. just say, Oh, somebody, can you tell me I'm working out a recipe? What's this times that or what's that divide? You know, so you kind of try and show them how it's going to be used. And that way it's, it's, it's revision for them and it also shows them it's not useless learning. Which I think is really important to keep people motivated or kids motivated as well. Yeah. Another thing that I've found, and I've been doing this quite a lot actually, because my daughter loves animals. So I just have a couple of tasks up my sleeve for those times where I think she's had enough or, or she needs a break. And we put on a David Attenborough video, you know, I give her a notebook and say, take any notes of anything you find interesting. So you don't make it very a stressful task, but it's just a break and they're still learning, um, but it makes it a bit more enjoyable and breaks up the day. So. Yeah, so making it a bit of fun or making a game of it, I suppose, makes a big yeah. difference to how engaged they can be with their learning. Totally. I mean, I get my daughter to draw me pictures for my work. You know, I go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. It's worksheet and then she's like, oh, you know, it's useful and it's a bit fun. And 
it gives her something to do that's creative, but she also sees a purpose in it as well. So yeah, it's, you know, it gives them a little bit of an insight into how your life works as well and how they can help you when it's appropriate, I suppose. Yeah. And kids do love to help. That's something that I've uh, realized with my son. He really quite likes being a helper. Or- yeah, definitely. And cooking um, must be a really uh, great one for all sorts of different types of learning because you're covering maths, you're following the instructions, there's a bit of reading involved and, and comprehension, I suppose. Absolutely. And I was actually thinking the other day, I might get my kids to start a recipe folder while they're home. So anytime we do cooking, then they've got this little, you know, they can write it down in their little book. <laughs> then they've got their So that's another, make it a writing task for them as okay. well. Fantastic. Have you had any other tips or strategies for parents? Well, I was actually thinking in terms of working parents, because, you know, there is a a lot of parents who are really struggling just to get through the day and and supervise their kids. I think a few tips for, you know, try and divide the tasks into things they can do independently versus things that they probably will need help for. And, you know, try and give them the more difficult tasks when you're available or have the headspace to help them. which yeah, that's a good that, one. Yeah, give them the art while you're in a really important meeting so that they just in their zone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Often readers yeah. work really well with reader. I know I've got a good half an hour that I can go yeah. and do some work. And that'll be different for every child. You know, every child yeah. will have something they love or they hate. So I think be wise. Don't give them the hard maths, maths task and then expect to be left alone while you're in your meeting. No, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Buddy, buddy, you know, like it's really hard for the kids not seeing their friends. So I'm usually on no no phones during the week or, you know, no iPad during the week or whatever. But at the moment, I've thrown that out the window and I've said, if you need to see your friends while you're doing this task and you can do it together, um, do that. Try and mimic a bit of a classroom situation. Yeah, that's a really good idea because I suppose that really helps with that social side of things that a lot of kids might be feeling a bit sad about at the moment or, you know, a bit out of sorts because they don't see their friends as much. Absolutely. And even yeah. I just asked my friend, like, who's a kid who you work well with? And that's the kid that they usually sit and do their work with if if they need a bit of that. And they do, like, the kids are really, whether they say it or not, I imagine most kids are absolutely missing having um, just a variety of personalities to work alongside. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've been called boring a couple of times so far through the remote schooling process. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> I made a, a lesson for one of my students about the word yeet because... Ah, <laughs> yes. And so I made him a whole lesson on yeast, you know, what part of speech is it? Can we add suffixes and prefix to it? And this whole thing. And I was so impressed with myself because I've made this lesson of, of fun. And my daughter looked at me and said, how did you manage to make yeast boring? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love kids. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know. Uh, there's no sugar coating, is there? <laughs> She's looking at it from the opposite perspective. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Do you know of any myths around schooling from home that you'd like to sort of bust or debunk? Is there anything that people feel like those should happen or does happen but isn't actually the case? Yeah, well, number one, everything doesn't have to get done every day. You know, if, mm-hmm. if your kid's getting really stressed about something and it's not working, 
it's okay. It's okay to not do every single task as long as you're touching base with their teacher and make sure they're not always avoiding the same thing or if there's a barrier there, look for it, try and find a way around it. But yeah, don't get locked into a timetable and at the cost of all else. Um, Realise that things don't have to be perfect. You know, children actually learn a lot from making mistakes, but only if they're given an opportunity to correct them. So, you know, if, if you see your child's mess something up and you can find a way of showing them how to work around that or you show them how where they went wrong, then they often will learn better from that experience. So um, learning doesn't have to be hard. So it's, you know, sometimes it is hard and that's okay. And sometimes it's really fun. So if we can mix that in, you know, and find some, some common ground. I think people always feel like learning has to be work. And it's not always the case. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't feel like you have to plan a million lessons. I mean, you know, this should be being provided by your classroom teacher at the moment. So work around it. You can be creative and make it more interesting, but you certainly shouldn't be spending hours and hours planning things for kids at the moment. And like I said before, you know, not everything has to be recorded or put on paper. If you think your kid's going to do better on a whiteboard, just take a photo of it, you know, get them on the sidewalk chalk and send the photo to the teacher, especially if they're younger. It's still, it's still valid. Yes. And I, I think the biggest myth is that it's all going to be a nightmare. <laughs> 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 yeah, nightmare. There'll be good days and bad days. And I think that just knowing that everything is actually okay, you know, as long as we're all smiling for most or some of the day. <laughs> just, it makes a huge you know, difference, I, doesn't it? <laughs> and I suppose for a lot of parents remembering that they do have that support system of the school behind them, they may have forgotten that or, you know, you're not necessarily doing it on your own kind of thing. And utilise your friends. I mean, there's lots of friends that are happy to help. Um, you know, I've, I know someone who, who got a hold of a student who's a teaching student who can't do teaching rounds at the moment and said, could you help me with my kids because I'm working and I can't always be there. So there are opportunities, even if it's not face-to-face, to utilise other people, older siblings even, yep. um, for younger kids. You know, lots of kids are happy to take on a bit of responsibility and step in even if it's not your own kids, a high school student who has some time on their hands or it's not all on you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other tips or strategies um, that we, I might, we might've missed that you wanted to add in at all? Um, yeah. I think number one, just really try to be positive about it. Um, number two, I'd say play games, you know, lots of games with your kids if you can, if you have the time um, or give them games, you know, it's, there's lots of spelling games and things out there that can reinforce their work that they will see as fun um, and encourage your kids to stay connected with their friends. You know, my, the other day my daughter made a postcard and she had no idea that it needed a stamp because her whole life has been email. Oh, of course. <laughs> I was like, but you've got to put a stamp. And she said, there is a stamp. And there was like a picture of a stamp on it. (laughs) Oh, so I had to explain, you know. So I think going into a few lost arts is actually not a bad tip. (laughs) Yeah. Fascinated. They were like, oh, so a stamp equals money, you know. And we had that whole chat. So that was 
really entertaining. Yeah, um, I suppose you find those there's golden <laughs> opportunities around where um, I suppose you do find those little things that your kids don't necessarily know, and you don't. It's not the first thing that you think of either, you know, to sort of talk to them about. Absolutely not. Um, definitely try and have a quiet central location for them to work so that you can keep an eye on them without being overly intrusive. Yes, um, yeah. I think that's a really big one because you don't want them just hold away in a bedroom and and you also need to give them a bit of quiet. So, which can be tricky when there's a few people working. Oh, absolutely. But when you've got a full house, it can definitely be tricky. I think one of the things I love getting parents to do in general, not just in the virtual school time, is to get them to teach, get the kids to teach you about what they have to do. So when a child has to teach someone else about something, they have to not only understand the task, but they have to be able to explain it. And you learn a lot about what a child has understood by how they can explain it to someone else. So... I often encourage kids to teach everything. You know, if I teach them a new spelling strategy, I'll be like, teach your dog, teach your cat, teach your parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they've got a task, instead of if they're old enough to read it themselves, you know, get them to read it themselves, get them to tell you what they think it means. And then all you have to do is just check and make sure that they're on the right path. Um, it gives them a lot more independence and it also gives you a lot more space to do what you need to do at home so yeah and that's a great one for you know for life I think yeah yeah Yeah. being able to sort of yeah even if you understand the information being able to you know say it to other people is a different skill and you know that's a really good thing for kids I suppose to to practice doing anyway yeah and it's a great study strategy you know even as they get older my poor parents learned everything about biology when I was in high school (laughs) because You're sharing the love. <laughs> teaching them all about it because that was how I would really know if I'd learned it. You know, and I, I really, really encourage that at home with homework, um, schoolwork and anything that you want to make sure they've understood. And then the last one that I have, which is I think my favourite one, is don't structure every part of the day because inspiration and boredom equals creativity. So... Um, we actually have an opportunity where our kids' lives are a little bit less structured at the moment for them to delve into passions and to create things that they might not know that they were capable of creating. And then give them the space to do that um, in this time where we're not racing them from place to place. Those are wonderful tips. Thank you so much for popping them together for, for our listeners as well. Do you have any resources or anything like that that our listeners can access or if they wanted to find you out in the World Wide Web or in the virtual world? All right. Well, um, my website is um, www.mslclinic.com.au. Um, it's a very lightweight website. It's just very briefly what I do. Um, sometimes I put a few videos for early literacy on Facebook. Um, so if you look up MSL Clinic on your, you know, when you search for Facebook, and if you see three little letters pop up with an ABC, um, that would be me. Yep. So, and what we can do is we can also, um, I can pop the link into the episode description at the end, so yeah. people can easily click on and find you out there as well. But there are, there's a lot of great resources, but there's also too many on the internet sometimes. <laughs> and I think that it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So um, if you are going to look for stuff, I think just make sure that whatever you're choosing is not busy work. 
for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, make sure that it's it's accurate as well because sometimes I find resources. I think that's not even right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can so, be a bit to wade through, can't it, <laughs> out there in the World Wide Web? <laughs> information that's sometimes just a little bit too much. So I, I think really just try and keep it simple. Um, be clear about what you want them to learn and then just try and if you're going to pick something off the internet to support it, definitely go for a resource that's simple and clear um, and accurate, of course. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for spending the time having a chat to us today. We really appreciate it and for sharing your knowledge. It was wonderful having a chat with you. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Naturamama podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Listening to this podcast is no substitute for seeing a qualified health practitioner. Everybody is different and the advice and opinions in this podcast cannot take into account individual circumstances and is not intended to take the place of seeing a healthcare or medical professional or seeking medical advice. Before starting any new health regimes or if you have any concerns about your health, please seek advice from a qualified health professional to see if it is right for you and your circumstances.